This is Ruin Willow with the Oh, fuck yeah, with Ruin Willow podcast. Welcome to my podcast. I'm excited you're here. This episode is all about size kink. Yes, and I'm not talking about like a dick size kink. This is body size kink. Okay, before I get into this though, if you're under 18, baby love, it is time to leave the podcast now because this is a kink. We're talking about sexuality and fetishes about size. On my podcast, I talk about all things related to sex and sexuality. I have guests on, experts who know all kinds of yummy, awesome, amazing things about sex. We have great discussions about sex. And I talk about erotica and I share erotica. Now, the two people I'm going to share with you today, both are showcasing to the world different versions of size kink, size erotica. And the first one is going to be the interview I have with Max Growth Pro. And he does transformation fantasy content related to size, videography, and photography. He also does short comedic video sketches centering on positive admiration of the more substantial physical physique of a female. In other words, female body expansion. On Twitter, he is Max Growth Pro, and he there is a thing called SizeCon. I didn't even know this until I talked with him. I didn't know it was a thing. I know there's all kinds of cons out there, but I didn't know there was a size con. So size is a kink. Size is a fetish. And other people will call it microphilia, where you like small, and macrophilia, where you like large. And the second person that I'm going to showcase in this particular episode about size kink erotica is Amber Collins. And I often narrate for Amber Collins, and she does a lot of giantess books. Now, what's a giantess? Okay, this is what a giantess description is in Urban Dictionary. A female giant about 20 feet or more. She will either play with you, crush you, use you as a sex slave or slave, or eat you. So these are like power exchange and very much, some of them are female oriented where the female is the strong presence. And often it's it's very interesting. And I'm going to put my link down in the podcast show notes of all the books I've narrated for Amber Collins so that you could explore this if you are interested in it. And so I also have ARC copies of all of these audiobooks. And so you could request a copy or you could support us by purchasing one. And so the interview was with Max Growth, but I also want to share a little bit more about Amber Collins. It's a very unique kink. And it's definitely a kink. There are giant websites out there that talk about this particular topic. And sometimes it can be femdom, not always. But here's a little bit more about Amber Collins. This is her bio from Amazon. She has a lot of books on Amazon. She's very prolific. Okay, Amber Collins, about the author. Hi, all. I'm not very good at introducing myself, but here goes. My name is Amber Collins, and I've been a lifelong lover of shrinking and growing. 
I was into this way before I knew there was an actual fetish for it. I thought I was alone in the world until I met a few people online and began looking at the various sites devoted to the fantasy. Then something miraculous happened. I met the man of my dreams who also shared my fantasy. This is doubly unique given we come from a rural part of West Virginia, where such fantasies are probably in the minority. I enjoy writing so much. I am an English literature major with an emphasis in British lit. Being able to create sexy scenarios is what I live to do. I hope you'll read some of my work and see what makes this fantasy so unique and so exciting. I have many stories, collections, and audiobooks available. If there's something different you'd like to see, please come to my site and tell me. Link below. Thanks for visiting. And her website is www.giantessamber.com. She also has a Patreon, and she takes commissions, stories that someone requests. So she does a lot of commissions. So a lot of her books are from that. And so this is very cool, and I'm really excited to share this with you because a lot of people don't know. I think that one of the sites is called like Giantess City or something. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. But there's several out there. So this is a fetish. This is a kink. If you're into size change at all, this episode is definitely for you. And to get going on the interview, it's going to be with Max Growth Pro, as I said. And on Twitter, he's Max Growth Pro. I also want to mention for updates from me, I have My Neighborhood Sex Secrets is now in pre-sale. So that book is now up. And if you'd like to support me, I would love it because it really helps me out to have some pre-sale as I go into this book launch. It will release on August 20th. But before that, if you are someone who likes to read ARC copies, you will be able to get that starting in, I think, July sometime. You'll be able to get it through Book Sirens and Story Origin app. And I'm always looking for reviewers. If you're able to help me out and get a book to read for free and give me your honest review, I would love that. I'll put my link down in the podcast show notes where all my books are, my audiobooks and my erotic books. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to do a shout out to this episode's sponsor, which is Manscaped. All the manscaping products you need make your nether region yummy and delicious and your beard too and your skin and you they have sell underwear too very nice underwear for men so many great products you can get 20 percent off and free shipping if you use my code ruin willow 20 and down in the podcast show notes is the link to that so you can easily get it okay now let's get into the meat of this episode the growth will be amazing. You'll love it. And so we're going to have the interview first. And then I'm going to share a few samples of the audiobooks I've done for Amber Collins to round out this episode of Size Kink Erotica. And to give you a little taste of some of the stuff that Amber does, things like people shrink down and become a human-sized dildo. People become giants and take over. And people are shrinking and growing. It, it's it's really interesting. Like imagine a woman growing bigger and blowjobs are suddenly a snap. Very easy for her. And imagine watching a woman grow, her breasts getting bigger, her body getting bigger in so many different amazing scenarios with that. So stay tuned for my interview and then stay for more of the size kink erotica 
kink and fetish. It's a thing, baby. Let's do it. Okay, everyone. I have a very interesting person to talk with today. The stuff he creates is very, it's a fetish, definitely. It's very niche, but it's very interesting. His name is Max Growth, and I'm really excited to talk with him. Welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, I'm really excited to learn more about what you do. And so on your Twitter, it says transformation, fantasy, content, videography, photography. And on your Patreon, I saw that it says short comedic video sketches centering on positive admiration of the more substantial female physique, female body expansion. So tell us that. Tell us more about that. <laughs> yeah, the sort of like the the overall umbrella of what I do would be called transformation fantasy. Generally, it's anything related to transformation. I mean, I usually do physical transformations, but there are folks that do like just mental transformations. Mm-hmm. And generally, it's a like you have a a pretty regular sized girl or woman. Mm-hmm. And through some contrived crazy plot device, she <laughs> changes in some way. It can be anything from like anthropomorphic, like animals, like a like a cat woman, or it can be like full weight gain, like she turns into a, a you know a plus size or like a BBW. She can get a larger chest, or it can be like big muscles, like female muscle growth. And the, the blueberry transformation is a really popular one. Mm-hmm. So anything transformation related, but typically the stuff I do usually relates to getting bigger somehow. Right. And then is it more, is it sexualized, right? It's a sexual thing or is it not? Uh, well, well, definitely can be mm. you know, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Most of what I do is for lack of a better word, I mean, I say PG-13, that doesn't necessarily really apply real well, but mm. like for what I do, it's it's more sensual and I consider it more like erotica mm. because mm-hmm. I, I don't really have nudity. I don't have any like simulated uh, sex acts or anything like that. It's Okay, sure. Um, it's more like adoration or just kind of like an amazing thing watching the transformation happen. Yeah, because for for most people that are into that kind of thing, the the process of the person transforming is a big part of the, you know, of the attraction to it. And then sort of the the final transformation into whatever it's going to be, that's sort of the climax. Are your transformations permanent or are they temporary for the characters? We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some 
or of pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, "Hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. A lot of times we leave it just sort of vague, you know, mm, okay. um, that way the the customer can kind of sort of decide for themselves what what they prefer in their own mind. Depending on what it is, like sometimes like with the inflation, there's a thing called popping where a lot of people like where the like the person basically just they get so big, they explode. OK, so, yeah. So there's. So when I do it, I sort of do it in a way like, well, they pop, but then they sort of magically reconstitute themselves. Like, Mm. you know, it's not a permanent thing, but it's, yeah, I mean, I usually try and leave it a little open-ended. So there's, you know, it's, I think the customer likes it more when it's not defined. And so when you do this, it's, it's animation, it's cartoon, like that kind of stuff, right? It's, you know, you, you aren't actually taking people's bodies in, you know, real pictures and enlarging them. It's animation? Um, it is done through practical effects. So mm, okay. everything, everything that you see in my videos, with the exception of just one or two where I had like somebody that wanted to help me out and try to do some, some FX, like digital effects. Mm-hmm. But 99% of everything you see is it's either a a like physical effect done with like physical items or it's like props padding Mm -hmm. like pre-made like like i have a pre-made muscle suit that you know the the girl puts on that kind of thing so it is real people it's not animation oh yeah yeah it's it's like i work with actresses okay okay see i thought it was animation so when i looked at your patreon it looked like an animation but maybe i just didn't look at it properly so you create these and then you sell them correct theoretically yeah. <laughs> but you have a patreon so <laughs> but you have a patreon so you have people that have joined to see your content there so people can do that and what are you called on patreon i'll put i can put the link to it down in the podcast show notes too it is max growth i think it's max growth productions Okay. And this is interesting to me because I often narrate for Amber Collins and she writes size erotica, which I don't know if you're familiar with her or not, but she'll write things where 
a woman grows into a goddess or giantess where she might be 300 feet tall or they might shrink down. And hers is very sexualized though. Like, you know, someone might shrink down and become a dildo or, you know, they're having sex and someone shrinking or growing. So she definitely has sex in hers, but it's a whole genre out there, a fetish of what people like this whole size business. I mean, it's a thing. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. especially giantess. Giantess is like it's really popular. I mean, it's one of the mm-hmm. bigger, no pun intended, like <laughs> um, transformation, like size fetishes, you know, mm-hmm. out there. There's a guy named Gary Pranzo. I believe it's Giantess Zone. I might be wrong. If so, forgive me, Gary. But he does like amazing stuff. I mean, just like, you know, he has sets with like little cities and mm-hmm. he like does green screen work and all that. And yeah, he, he does phenomenal stuff. And, and the giantess thing is really super popular. It is like, you know, before I, when I first started narrating for her, I just found her on ACX and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try this person. And it was totally new to me. I'd never heard of it, never heard of this fetish. But then she told me there's things out there like Giantess City, like it's an entire website. Have you heard of Giantess City? That sounds familiar. Okay. You know, when I was younger, I was more kind of tapped into Giantess. Mm-hmm. But then, like, as I sort of got older and evolved and sort of got into my own niche of like what I liked and enjoyed doing and like my customer base, you know, I kind of got. I'm not really as much in that community as I used to be. Okay, sure. I just was amazed at how popular it is. Like I had I had never actually even heard of size erotica and, you know, size change in stories like that. And so I was really blown away. So I've done quite a few stories for her now. She does everything from, you know, heterosexual to lesbian to multiple partner, sci-fi, fantasy, all these crazy things. You know, like one of the recent ones I did, was the two girls were hired to become giantesses and destroy Paris. And so like they're, you know, (laughs) stuff like that, you know, so it's really interesting. And she writes erotica and she takes commission stories and then she turns them into stories on Amazon and audiobooks. So do you take commissions as well? Like she does, or how do you, or do you just create whatever you want and then put it out there? I, for the longest time, I was really fortunate because I was in a position where I didn't really have to do like commissions. Mm-hmm. Um, I still really don't. It um, only on the rarest of occasions because, like, when I write a script, I have you know everything like that I've picked out the wardrobe I want, you mm-hmm. know the the location I want, you know I have everything that I want, and if I can only get it to be sixty to seventy percent of what I want, mm-hmm. and everything is tailored, and I'm controlling everything then my fear has always been that if I try and do a commission for somebody, then if if I can only hit that target for myself, then for everybody else with all their particular, you know, details that they want and things they mm-hmm. want to see that, that I'm going to hit the target so low that I mm-hmm. just don't feel comfortable, you know, doing it. Right. Like it's not going to appeal to enough people. So you would rather... Well, it's mainly that I'm afraid it's not going to appeal to the person that's paying for the commission. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. Because like there's most people when they want a commission, it's because like they, they have like very specific mm-hmm. like things they want. I mean, clothing is, is, is easy, you know, cause mm-hmm. you can usually find that somewhere, but like if the model doesn't do the mannerism, you know, like, or if they have an accent they want them to do, or if they have 
mm-hmm. you know, a certain way they want the transformation to go, you know, maybe my props won't cooperate with the way they want it. You know, there gotcha. can just be so many variables that, you know, I just feel like it's, I'm not sure that I can live up to anybody's expectations. Right. So you kind of just create your own stuff. And then, so you put your videos actually on Patreon. Is that the main place that you put them? I, in the past, I had always, I had basically, (laughs) excuse me, been a essentially contractor for a company called TaylorMade Clips. Oh, okay. Uh, And they do a lot of the same kind of things that I do. Only mm-hmm. their stuff is more like generally more sexualized. Mm-hmm. Yes. Supposed to mind, but they really, I worked for them for a very long time and uh, they um, apologize. I'm completely blanked on the original question. <laughs> I think I asked where you put your content, right? Is that what oh, I said? Yeah. 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 Um, I think that was it. <laughs> and that was the, and that was the platform for me for probably like eight or nine years. And when then when COVID hit, there was already a lot of sort of like market forces at work that um, it was just going to be too difficult for them to maintain keeping me as a contractor. And about that time, kind of COVID hit. So I wasn't able to really produce anything for Mm -hmm. a couple of years. Mm -hmm. There just wasn't any way to do in-studio work. And in the last year, I've been trying to sort of rebuild and revamp and regroup and it's been pretty difficult. The, the environment's just different. Uh, you know, what it trying to work with, uh, with models is, is the costs have gone up a lot. So I haven't mm. been able to produce as much content as I would like. And therefore I've sort of drugged my feet, like uh, getting set up with a new portal, you know, a new platform for me to put stuff out. But I do hope to have that resolved, you know, in the next, uh, you know, three or four weeks. and. Mm you know, on my socials and DeviantArt and Patreon and all that, I'll be putting up a link when I get it ready. Sure. So what is it that you like to include? What kind of what kind of stories or what kind of content do you like to do? Um, for me personally, like my favorite thing to do, which is also one of the harder things to do, is I do like the weight gain transformation. Mm-hmm. Sure. And generally for me, like I kind of like I kind of like characters that deserve to have something happen to them. Mm, you know, okay. like, <laughs> like, yeah, they're being like a snob or they're being up. Uh, <laughs> they're just generally mean or mm, you know, yeah, like, they have some personality defect that it's like, okay, they deserve what they're going to get. <laughs> Although generally we sort of have a very quick turn generally in most videos toward the end where, you know, even even the like bratty people sort of find acceptance of what's happened to them and appreciate it, you know, when all is said. and Right, right. <laughs> it's kind of like poetic justice. Like you want to, you want to see them get it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> so tell me one of your favorite, tell me about one of your favorite ones you created. Oh, wow. I get the question a lot. It's so hard because think at this point I've done close to 200 clips. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's hard to decide. I'm that way too, though. People ask me, what's your favorite thing you did? I wrote or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, probably will stick to my regular answer. And that's, I used to do ones that were called like Magical Maze. Mm, okay. And they, it was sort of like the location was set up to where the 
character would go through and there would be like either traps or games or Mm -hmm. some kind of obstacle that they had to overcome. And generally in the process, um, they would always find themselves transformed somehow. And as they would move, move from like, you know, room to room or section to section or what have you. So I've done, done like more than a few of those magical maze ones. And I think those are probably the ones I'm most proud of. Right. And, and most people probably think about, I mean, like the one that's probably the most common is like Alice in Wonderland, right? Like she just gets big and she just grows, right? Because she, what does she do? She eats a cake, I think, right? Or she was cake or a potion, right? Can't yeah, remember. <laughs> I think I think it's both. Like because I think one does one thing and one does another. Okay, it's mm-hmm. Reddit, but I know. Yeah, those, <laughs> yeah, those those common like articles of media, you know, like the the you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh yes, movies mm-hmm. or the books, depending on when you were born. And yeah, definitely Alice in Wonderland. Those are like trigger things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Having having been to SizeCon and met so many people, it's really everybody's origin story that the sort of end of these things is kind of the same. It, they, mm. they, you know, it's kind of a fascination as a kid with mm. start that starts off with things like you know comic books, cartoons, yeah. you know kids books, you know mm-hmm. things where you know somebody inflates or yeah. you know you know there's because there's all kinds of wacky stuff that happens in you know comic books and video games and Mm -hmm. especially cartoons you know from back in the day oh yeah yeah that's the easiest way to do it too because you're you're drawing it right you're (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot easier than what you're trying to do with actual people (laughs) so where do you see this going for you do you what's your your future goals and things you're going to do you know really at a transitioning point right now because you know, with COVID, it's it's drastically changed the landscape. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, though it's it's not necessarily a good thing for me personally, but it's a great thing for the community. And the fact that now there is there's a lot more competition. There's mm-hmm. a lot more people, you know, doing really cool, creative things, you mm-hmm. know, in this space. So, as a, as a necessary function of that, you know, the the money gets sort of spread around more. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But combine that really with a problem with, especially with video. I mean, it's a problem for every creator, even if you do just like art or, you know, like even with you doing voiceover work, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the audio stuff. I mean, piracy hits everybody, but it seems like oh. it's especially prevalent with like the clips. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, believe it. And so that 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 eats into you know the, like the profit that used to be there. You know, yeah. And, you know, the and like another great thing, it's a great thing for models, Mm -hmm. uh, especially like fetish models and OnlyFans gals. Mm -hmm. During COVID, you know, they really found out like, well, I can work at home. You know, I can produce content for myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't have to go work for a producer. You know, I, I, I can, you know, it's safer for me. I don't have to travel. You know, I've got all these built in advantages. And so sort of like the now to hire models, it's, you know, for me anyway, it's my in my experience, like, you know, it's a more expensive process. Okay. Um, along with like you Airbnbs used to be super cheap to use for like a location. Oh, okay. sure. Mm-hmm. 
and now, you know, I think part of it's COVID. Part of it is cities started taxing them, mm-hmm. okay. making them pay taxes. And, and I think then a lot more people got into it. So the cost of getting an Airbnb for a location has doubled, sometimes tripled in some cases. So when you look at kind of like all the factors, like, you know, mm-hmm. for me personally, like the profitability is lower and the expenses are much higher. Right. So it's sort of in the process now of just like trying to figure out like how how to kind of get out of the box and figure out how to still be able to be creative and relevant and, you know, be able to, I think I'm almost at the point where if, if this can just be a hobby that doesn't cost me anything, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't know at this point, at least not right now uh, in the cycle we're in, I'm not sure if it's going to be like a business for me, but but I think I'm just going to try and, like produce content when I can mm-hmm. focus on like, you know, quality over quantity, uh, just try and pick my spots and, you know, just sort of uh, kind of focus on that aspect of it. Sure, for sure. Yeah. I just found a place, but it's kind of more a sexual place to sell videos. It's called mini vids, but they seem to be very sexualized there. So, but that's a place you can put videos up and sell them, but it seems when I was looking at it that they're very, it's very sex, very sex focused. So I don't know if that would work for you or not, but you can sell videos there. <laughs> yeah, I I actually have like my post, couple of my post TaylorMade clips videos are up on mini vids. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in, there is a big bust model named Demora Avarice. Okay. And she, uh, we started off, I did some expansion clips with her. Mm-hmm. And then over time, she got the Brazilian chest lifts. Mm-hmm. So, so she got the real thing. <laughs> and, okay. and we didn't have to worry with props anymore. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know, uh, when I was sort of, you know, still transitioning, they were kind enough to put up some of their clips up on mini vids. And, you know, it's, it's been okay, but I... I don't know. For me, I know that I felt like Minivids was just a little clunky. And, okay. um, and and also it may not have been the best fit too, because, you know, considering what, what I do is not in line with like the most of the content on there. Right, right. Because it's definitely more sexualized on that, on that site for sure. Well, it's a very interesting thing. I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know, just to see the body growing like that. It's just interesting. And I, like I said, I had no idea about it till I started to narrate for Amber. And she's done so many different things that it's amazing. There's so many different places you can go and so many different things you can do. Like, it's just kind of never ending. Uh, yeah. with I mean, that's the thing with transformation. Like, really, the sky is the limit. I mean, mm-hmm. only I mean, especially in stories and art, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're only bound by your own imagination. And there's just so many people making really great content right now. I mean, it really is kind of like, I think when DeviantArt first came out, mm-hmm. I think we kind of like had like the first golden age of content because then you didn't have to like have your own website anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you could put you could put the stuff you were making up on DeviantArt and, you know, they have a free plan and, you mm-hmm. know, 
then there was sort of a little bit of stagnation. And now I feel like we're kind of back in another boom of like content creation. Like there's just, there's so much great stuff out there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like when, when I was a teenager, there was nothing because like I was, you know, growing up, you know, probably my really those formative years for me were probably like, you know, 81 to 85. I graduated Mm -hmm. high school in 85. Okay. And, you know, if, if you didn't find it in a comic book or in a cartoon or, you know, in something like that, I mean, that, that was it. I mean, you just, right. and, and mm-hmm. I literally thought at that time, like, I'm the only person on the planet. I'm the only <laughs> weird person. <laughs> but, like, I'm, I'm just this functional, crazy person that, that is into this. <laughs> and then once the internet comes around, like, then it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess there are more people. Uh, but it but it really wasn't until I went to SizeCon and you meet people face to face and you have the conversations mm-hmm. and it's like like this is really a legitimate thing. It's not yeah, you know, it's just like any other thing that somebody likes. It mm-hmm. just happens to be, you know, maybe one step out of the box than, you know, somebody that likes, you know, blondes or mm-hmm. somebody with long legs or, you know, what have you. Right. Yeah, it's definitely, I don't know, you call it a fetish or a kink or what you call it, but, you know, on some level, it definitely is, but <laughs> it can be. And it, yeah, so it's very interesting. I like, like I said, I've only kind of known about it for a couple of years. Like, I didn't even know before that it, that it was a thing. Like you said, it is a thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely starting to slowly filter out, you know, I think it takes like exposure, you know, Mm -hmm. it it takes like something, you know, I think eventually something viral is going to hit that's going to sort of bring it out to the forefront more to the general public. I mean, Mm -hmm. like if you look at, you know, if you look at like BDSM and 50 shades of gray, I use that a lot because like, like once that hit, then like all of a sudden you get all these housewives that, you know, (laughs) yeah you know, that think they're into BDSM, right? but even if they're mistaken, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure not all of them are, I'm sure it was probably an awakening for a lot of, you know, a lot of women that read it that, you know, probably didn't realize how much they related to it. Mm -hmm. But even for the folks that were just sort of like mimicking it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still exposure and it's, it's legitimacy. So yes. now in, in most, you know, spaces, you know, if you bring it up or talk about it, you know, you're not going to get the stink eye. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. BDSM. Oh, yeah. No, you know. It's no right. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, that really just impacted the world just for exposure. Yeah. And just thoughts. And, you know, so many people say that it was ho- so horribly written. I actually never read it, but that it was so horribly written, but the impact of it was, I mean, the ripples went around the world. There is no doubt about it, like you said. Yeah. It's amazing how something can just hit like that and like actually impact the world. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty epic if you think about it. Yeah. And I, I, and I really feel like that's at some point that's going to happen for, for our community, you know, and again, like it's another reference I use and, and it's not to diminish all the activism and hard work and, you know, really like painful effort that so many people put into the movement, but it's, but still, I really feel like when like Will and Grace came out, Mm -hmm. it was like, it's like another, like just 
everything changed at that point. Like, you know, like, like there's, there's still bigotry. There's still people that, you know, don't, you know, don't approve of somebody being gay, but, you know, I feel like that sort of revolutionized everything to a point where most folks started processing it in a different way, you know, like, well, this isn't the negative thing that I always thought it was or assumed it might be. Right. Right. Yeah, really what we're saying is the media impacts the world and so far reaching and so impactful that it can, yeah, it can affect people's just like viewpoint every day or something that they've challenged, something they've fought for a very long time, which is, that's pretty powerful. I mean, and it's cool too, because that that can actually happen. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Was there anything else that you would like to tell us about this? It's, it is an interesting topic, but is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to add or talk about? No, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, not really. I mean, I guess for like, just to reach out to the folks that, you know, that that have these things that they, that they're attracted to, that they enjoy, mm-hmm. that is this part of their life, you know, they're now, I think, there's much more of a support group, but in the community and just because of the internet and all that, but, mm-hmm. you know, just don't, don't ever feel like you're anything less because you enjoy these things. You know, everybody's wired differently. You know, there are so many kinks and fetishes and <laughs> fast, you know, fascinations under the sun mm-hmm. that, you know, you're, you're no different than anybody else. Everybody's got their thing. And just don't feel bad about it. Yeah, I think that's so true. Because I have a lot of like sex coaches on here too. And they talk about that too. It's like people feel like they're alone in their their fetish or their kink or their attraction. Just go online. You're going to find people who are exactly like you, have the same thing. And very rarely is there ever something that is that no one else has. I mean, someone somewhere around the world has it just like you. So I've heard people say that too, like you don't feel as alone. They don't feel as alone because like you even said, you know, you thought that you were maybe the only person that felt that, but then now there's this giant community of it. So people shouldn't feel alone. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun and it was interesting. And I'll put the images up because people, I don't know, the images speak a lot. So we'll put the images out there too. So the images really nail home what we're talking about and people can see that. Awesome. I really appreciate it. And thanks again so much for having me. It's It's been a delight. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. It was great. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. I want to thank you for listening to that interview. What a very interesting person and content that he's putting out there. It's very, very intriguing. And now we'll get into the stuff for Amber Collins. Now I've narrated quite a few books for Amber Collins. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a a link down in the podcast show notes so you could check these out very easily. I have quite a few that I've narrated for her. So the buy links will be down there and the audio ARC copies where you can get a free copy with the expectation or hopes, actually, not necessarily expectation, but the strong hopes that you will leave a review if you take an ARC code. And Audible gives these out freely, which is really nice because they're really trying to promote their audiobook section. So I get them for free as a narrator. 
and I get to share them with my audience. So you get free books if you follow this procedure. So here are the titles that I have narrated so far for Amber. I don't know if I have them all here. I may be missing a few, but some of them are lesbian. Some of them are heterosexual. Some of them are multiple partner, all different things. So Bigger Than You, The Chronicles of Mandy, Growing Jimmy, Jane's Dollhouse, the Just a Few Inches series, book five. That's a lesbian one. And I believe the first two are heterosexual. Bigger Than You and the Chronicles of Mandy Growing Jimmy are heterosexual stories. Then we've got Nemea's Sacrifices. This is a pretty brutal one. If you like the whole being used kink, humiliation and being used, men being little tiny men being abused and used sexually by giant women. It's a pretty hardcore, brutal story, but some people are really into that kink, and that's Namiya's Sacrifices, The Lesbian Collection, Six Stories of Girl-on-Girls Shrinking and Growing, and these two are linked together, Our Massive Day at the Carnival and Our Massive Day in Paris. Those are both um, lesbian stories as well. And then we've got The Farm. This is a really interesting one with an alien in it and pot. There's lots of pot smoking in that book. Pots on a pot farm. Very interesting storyline. And we've got Bridal Rampage, The Bridal Shrink Files. That's heterosexual. And that one is strongly about revenge from cheating. The Old Pact, A Witch War Story. So this is a witch story. The Resizing App, heterosexual. Size Thieves, heterosexual. Princess Island, a story from the princess world. That one is heterosexual. Late Night Size Club has both lesbian and heterosexual characters. The Shrink Ray Collection, Volume 2. That is a collection of 10 stories that I narrated for Amber. And it's all about the shrink ray that causes the shrinking and the growing of the people, the characters. The Magic and Abilities Collection, Volume 8. That is also a fantasy one, sci-fi fantasy, all around magic. So it's really, you know, often can be popular around Halloween, but some people like that all times of the year. And so those are the ones I have. Oh, there's a few other I'm missing. Let me get back to this. Shrinking on Schedule, the social function, lesbian story. A Gift of the Solstice, which is a heterosexual one where they're in the woods and it's kind of like a fairy type story. Shrinking on Schedule, the social function is also a lesbian story. And Shrinking Ahead of Schedule, the follow-up story to Shrinking Behind Schedule is also a lesbian story. So check those out. I'm going to put a few of the audio retail samples, which is like the first five minutes or less of the story. So check those out. And I hope you enjoy. If you have any interest in that, this, check it out. It is it is an interesting kink and it. There is stuff out there you can really get into. Late Night Size Club, written by... Amber Collins, narrated by Bruin Willow. Dave hadn't been working for Celestial Engineering for very long when he was approached by one of his co-workers, Samantha, right before getting off of work. He'd had a crush on her since the first day he'd seen her. She was tall, dark-haired, with just enough cleavage to make him crane his neck whenever she would walk by. She'd rarely talked to him, once to say hi in the hallway, and once during an elevator ride that would have been awkward had no one spoke. 
Just before he was approached, he'd spotted Samantha and another co-worker, Isabel, talking in the hall across from his workstation. Dave listened to music through his earbuds almost every afternoon while he filed reports, but he'd paused it for some reason that day, and he'd been able to hear the girls' conversation before Sam came over. Termi got fired and now Chris is leaving, said Isabel, her Portuguese accent cutting through the words. We are seriously lacking men for our little game. We have to have at least one guy, said Sam. It's not going to be any fun without one. How about him? Isabel said, and Dave didn't need to look up to know they were talking about him. He's quiet and seems sweet. I don't know. Can we keep a secret? Isabel asked. I don't know. Probably. He hasn't been here long. He probably doesn't know many people. Rue don't even know if he'd be up for it, said Isabel. Took weeks to get Termi on board and Chris almost as long. We have an opportunity tonight. I know, I know. Listen, I'll see what I can do and I'll text you later, okay? Said Sam. Then the girls split, and Dave could feel a presence standing over him. How's it going, Dave? asked Sam, appearing by his side, her long, slender form blocking his view of the office. He looked up, and she was smiling down at him, her beautiful hair spilling down her shoulders. Okay, I suppose. What's up? Dave closed his folder and laid his pen down and turned to face her. Listen... You haven't been here long, and I know you don't know many people, but are you married? Got a girlfriend? She looked away as if it embarrassed her. Dave chuckled and said, No, neither. I haven't had time to look for either. Oh, well, that's too bad. But hey, I want to invite you to a little get-together tonight, if that'd be cool. What kind of get-together? Well, it's kind of hard to explain. But I assure you, it's loads of fun if you give it a chance. Me and some of the girls meet in the parking garage at about nine, and Cecilia has access to get into the building. What do you say? I don't know. There's no other men? he asked. Currently, no. We had two others, but they can't make it. Hey, what's the worst that could happen? You'll be in a group with five other women. That doesn't sound too bad, does it? She gave him a little wink that made a tingle in his pants. No, not at all. Okay, Uh, I guess I'm in. You need me to bring anything? Samantha was already walking off, but she entered the hall leading to the elevator. She turned and said, Only an open mind. Most of the cars had cleared out by nine, and the few that were left belonged to an adjacent office complex who shared the parking garage. Dave recognized Samantha's Jeep on the far end, idling with the headlights on. Next to that was a little red sports car, which he thought was Isabel's. Five minutes later, three other vehicles pulled up and parked in a cluster on the other end. Dave got out and started heading to the elevator leading into Celestial Engineering. Dave knew Sam. She worked on the same floor as he did, but on the other side. Isabel was a floor up in accounting. It took him a moment to recognize the other three. Cecilia 
wearing yoga pants and a tank top, looked far more fit than he'd ever guessed while she was in her business suit and lab coat. She looked like she'd just come from the gym. Dave wasn't sure what she did upstairs, but he knew she was one of the top people at the company and spent all her time in the research lab. The Farm, written by Amber Collins, narrated by Ruin Willow. Clara Thompson gave one last look out the window before turning into bed. She'd spent half of a day harvesting and the other half doing paperwork. It wasn't that she didn't trust anyone else to do the work. It was only that she preferred to be in control. Clara had trouble letting go and trouble letting someone else take over. But as she donned her thermal goggles and looked across the south field for pickers, there weren't many these days, she realized things were going to look up. Everyone advised her against building the farm in Appalachia, where the cannabis laws were so wishy-washy. But things had taken a turn in her favor, and now Cannabis Invictus was thriving. She had a new product, her very own blend that her father taught her years ago, and it was selling faster than she could grow it. As she settled into bed, she sent her list of goodnight texts, mainly to her parents in Tennessee and her girlfriend, Sydney, only a half mile past the farm. And as she drifted off to sleep in a bed in a house in the middle of a 30-acre weed farm, she had no idea that in just a few short hours, her life would change forever. It started with a boom. Clara had been so tired that she didn't even fully wake. She only opened her eyes and tried to register the odd sound. Once about a year ago, a transformer exploded just outside the farmhouse, and that's what her sleepy mind told her that night. But as she drifted back to sleep, a strange aroma filled her nose. It was fire, but blended with a scorch was her special blend, and now she was fully awake, hammering down the hallway so she could look out the window facing the south field. It was still nighttime, but that hardly mattered because no more than a hundred feet away, her field was on fire, lighting up the world. Her precious crop was going up in flames, and she hardly considered the implication as she turned, rounded the steps, and darted into the living room. She grabbed her gun from her floor safe and put it on her hip, then pulled up the irrigation system on her phone. Sydney had suggested automation six months ago, a move that Clara made fun of, but now was thankful for. With just a few taps, the sprouts rose from the soil and began pumping out water. She could hear the fire hissing in protest as she left the house and headed for the field. Clara gripped her nine millimeter, unsure of what she would face in the field. There were rival families for sure, but it was unlikely they would get this deep into her property without setting off the numerous alarms. As Clara ran through the crop, she made a startling discovery. It wasn't a rival family. It wasn't a picker who got carried away, and it wasn't some act of nature. 
it was some sort of vehicle. There were flashing lights that reminded her of headlamps, but they were spinning slowly, winding down as if the whole circular craft was a top coming to an end. A low metallic groan sounded deep within, but that too was growing faint. There were no highways near here, and this wasn't any type of aerial vehicle she'd ever seen. So what was it? And how did it end up in her field? The fire was starting to burn out as Clara sidestepped the craft and looked behind it. There was a long trail of dirt. This thing had fallen out of the sky and skidded a hundred feet before coming to a stop. Had it gone another hundred feet, it would have wiped out her house. She was fairly confident the irrigation system was going to extinguish the fire, so now she was left wondering if she should call 911. It didn't sit well with her to have men in uniforms this close to her house, but someone needed to remove whatever this thing was from her field. A horrid thought ran through her mind that if this thing were a military vehicle, she'd have Uncle Sam traipsing all over her property. Our Massive Day at the Carnival Written by Amber Collins Narrated by Bruin Willow Our Massive Day at the Carnival Why don't we just go to a movie? Asked Danielle as Carolyn held open her car door. The girl, an imp with a normally devious grin, looked taken aback by the shock of activity in front of them. Carolyn giggled and interlaced the girl's fingers with her own. Come on, where's your sense of adventure? It's in a theater, not throwing up on a Ferris wheel. Danielle blew a strand of red hair from her face as she appraised the fairgrounds before them. But her view was suddenly blocked when Carolyn, a head taller than the impish girl, stood in front. She lifted Danielle's chin and kissed her full on the lips. The taste of her fruity chapstick made the shorter girl tingle, and to think it had only been a month ago when they shared their first kiss. It'll be fun, I promise. I used to go on these things all the time. When Danielle started to roll her eyes, Carolyn quickly added, But as long as we're together, right? That's the only saving grace. She said, then hooked her statuesque girlfriend's arm in her own and pulled her toward the gate. The Bucks County Fair blew into town every other fall. It was off the beaten path, with the city's lights just a twinkle on the horizon. Although the fair opened up early, the real fun came once the sun started to go down. All of the metal rides glinted with golden waning light. Carnivals were always a special occasion for Carolyn. They held a sense of creepy wonder. The carnies, the patrons, the fried foods that would no doubt leave her sick by morning. The parts of a carnival all seemed horrible, but the whole became something otherworldly, magical. Just beyond the ticket booth loomed the three largest structures of the carnival, the haunted house, the mirror maze, and the amphitheater where a local band was currently belting out the most awful rock music Carolyn had ever heard. To the left, the cul-de-sac of food trucks. To the right, the long, winding road of rides like the Ferris wheel, the pirate ship, the teacups, and the hammer, a 300-foot drop coaster. It was a spectacle for the senses. 
the sight of hundreds of people, the smell of funnel cakes and fried treats, and the sounds of laughter, screams, and the whine of metal rides. So, what first? asked Danielle, rising on her tiptoes and giving her girlfriend a peck on the lips. Where do you want to go in this land of madness? I have an idea. Look. She pulled Danielle to the first booth in a row of long, rigged games. This booth had one proprietor, a little shriveled lady that the girls at first didn't recognize was mechanical. Above her head, in wispy glowing letters, read, Miss Rose's Fortune, Only If You Dare. I don't like when an animatronic fortune teller threatens me, said Danielle with a smirk. She folded her arms across her chest and leaned on the glass. Here, we'll do it together, said Carolyn, pumping in the quarters. Just below the faux woman was a handprint pad. Carolyn grabbed Danielle's meek fingers and pulled them onto the pad, then held her own hand atop them. The shorter girl was trembling. She was afraid, or just nervous of the date. Miss Rose's eyes lit up, and she mechanically bobbed side to side and pointed a finger directly at the girls. For a moment, nothing happened. Then a tinny, crackly music box began to churn out a folksy ballad. Somewhere in the middle, they heard Miss Rose's voice say, Your love for each other will soar to new heights. And then the machine powered down. Rose's eyes darkened, and it was as if the whole thing had never even happened. Carolyn kept Daniel's hand in place a moment longer, then separated. They stepped back and appraised the lifeless machine, feeling quite underwhelmed. Well, that was a waste of fifty cents, said Danielle. I hope the rest isn't such a dud. <laughs> Carolyn laughed. It was kind of cool, though. It was like she knew there were two of us. Before Danielle could follow up, they heard a metallic scrape along the bottom of the machine. A door had opened and a tray popped out. Okay, thank you for listening to this episode. And don't forget to check out Max Growth Pro on Twitter and on Patreon. He's got a Patreon as well. And Amber Collins also has a Patreon. So check out Amber Collins as well. Links are down in the podcast show notes. Also for Manscaped. Remember, you can get that 20% off with the code RUINWILLOW20. It's a promo code RUINWILLOW20. That's two zero. And you get 20% off and free shipping of products. And I'll put my link down in the podcast show notes to all of my books. If you would like to support me and get more of my content and my books, I also have a Patreon if you'd like to join that and an exclusive level of this podcast where I only put exclusives for people who are members. So check that out as well. And don't forget to masturbate. Enjoy your body. Oh, fuck yeah. Make yourself come today. Don't forget to come today. Enjoy your body. Get yourself flooded with those juicy, amazing, feel-good hormones. Heal yourself through orgasm. It's a thing, baby. Feel good. Feel good. Feel good. Oh, fuck yeah. You have an amazing fucking day. Love ya. Bye-bye.
Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.